Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back here at Rosie's Hale Varsity Roadshow on a Friday, 10th and P, where we're at. Platteview in York, rocking and rolling. Mike Babcock is going to break something. Uh, Platteview looks like to be moving on to the state championship. Uh, Uncle Mark and uh, Davis and Dixon, the nephews down from Gretna to flex their dragon love. And one of my favorite people in the whole world, Grandma Rita, is here from Hayes Center. Not my grandma, but, man, she's everybody's grandma. <laughs> uh, she's, she's awesome. Uh, in Major League, right, they, they brought the, uh, the KFC for Serrano. They would drink Joe Boo's rum. Okay, the, the sacrificing the live chicken and Joe Boo's rum helped put Cleveland past the Yankees in that playoff. Okay? Uh, every time the the ball club during the summer they'd need a big hit and quite honestly this is over the years of travel baseball the team was struggling in a tournament and grandma rita wasn't there uh it was a break in case of emergency moment where we dial grandma rita up we would put her on speaker and she has the loudest most incredible voice loud and raspy and i mean that as a compliment super distinctive and she'd scream, rattle them bats, and all of a sudden you'd have a 12-run inning. Without <laughs> fail. It was, it was awesome. It was really good. So she's here. I think uh, she's having a bush light. Good for her. Jack with us? Yes, he is. All right. Hello. Jack Ebling, uh, Big Ten insider, Mr. Michigan State, six-time national award winner uh, out of the state of Michigan. He is in Chicago. Big Ten basketball tournament. We'll hit some football with him as well. Jack, thanks for jumping on. What the heck happened to Sparty, bud? Well, uh, it isn't who's in Chicago, Chris. It's who's not in Chicago. And uh, there are a lot of teams that thought they would be here playing maybe Saturday, maybe even Sunday. And uh, now they're going to be home. And they're going to be watching teams like Ohio State. Uh, Never saw that coming. Wisconsin certainly didn't. Uh, Iowa didn't. Michigan State didn't today, and the Spartans picked a bad time to play a bad game. Where do you think this puts Michigan State, Jack, as far as Sunday goes, seating-wise? Um, I think if they had won today and played respectively tomorrow, they still had a chance at sixth line. Now uh, that's not going to happen. And uh, maybe, maybe a seven or an eight, even an eight. Uh, so, you know, that means you have to play – a nine and then a one to get out of the first weekend. So that's kind of a daunting task. But, hey, Michigan State uh, didn't deserve it. Had a chance. Everything was set up today. Playing an Ohio State team without its best player. And Michigan State was outscored by 21 points outside the arc. And when you do that in a 10-point game, Chris, that's a recipe for defeat. Jack, what do you make of just 
the Big Ten as a whole right now as we look at what's going down on Friday. Rutgers gave Purdue everything they could handle a little bit earlier today, and then we see uh, Michigan State get upset by Ohio State. And we've kind of said this all year long. There's a lot of parity in the middle of the Big Ten, but I'm not sure people thought yep. there was this much parity. Yeah, a lot of parity, a lot of exciting basketball. Uh, 15-point lead means nothing, but uh, I think this is – a low-ceiling, high-floor league. And uh, anybody can beat anybody. It wouldn't shock me uh, if we had a couple more upsets here. But it would shock me if we had more than one team uh, in the Elite Eight, and I'm not even sure that's going to happen. So everybody judges by the NCAA tournament, guys. When you think about that, the Big Ten has had a couple of embarrassments the last few years. I think it's poised to have more with the most teams in the field. Have nine teams in, but are going to have more than one beyond the second week, beyond the first weekend? I, I don't know. I don't think so. And and this is the year we're all going to sell stock, Jack, when it comes to Bracket Wednesday. And you watch, yeah. <laughs> you watch the Big Ten end up putting, I don't know, three in the Elite Eight. I, uh, you, we'll right. use your money, Jack, not mine, to, to put that future bet in. But <laughs> uh, Jack Ebling, uh, Spartan and Big Ten insider with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Downtown here at Rosie's State Basketball Tournament going on. Of course, college basketball, this is the uh, predecessor to the madness that is March next week. Jack, uh, I want to get your take from afar on Fred Hoiberg and his season, his February, and are you buying stock in Nebraska basketball? Are you holding? Are you selling? What did this season show you? Well, I've been buying stock in Fred Hoiberg for a long time because I know what kind of guy he is. It's going to take time. It's not done yet. Uh, This is a work in progress, but I think the future is bright for Nebraska basketball. Yeah, they lose a couple of players. and uh, I think that the way he coaches, he's going to have players who want to play for him. I think he's going to get a couple of leaders on this team to replace people who are departing. And I would think that uh, Nebraska's going to be on on the ascent, and I would be buying Nebraska basketball. Jack, based on what you saw from Nebraska this year, and that includes that disappointing loss to Minnesota we just saw a couple nights ago in the first round of the Big Ten tourney, what do you still think that, that this Fred Hoiberg squad needs to be able to find success in the Big Ten? A lot of Husker fans were expecting the success to come a lot sooner with Fred Hoiberg, and there's been some errors in roster construction. Nebraska hasn't always been able to compete with the yeah. physicality of the Big Ten, but based on what you've seen, what is still needed from Fred Hoiberg in this squad? Well, uh, this is going to sound funny because everybody has injuries, but I don't think uh, Nebraska had very good luck uh, in that department this year. And you know, I, I'm going to contradict myself because I just talked about uh, this league being mediocre, but there are no soft touches in this league. And some people thought, well, Nebraska would be one for a long time. I don't see that happening. And I see Nebraska working its way up to respectability, and it's going to be – in the middle of the pack before we know it. Uh, I can't give you a year when I think Nebraska's going to be playing in the Big Ten Championship game. But I could say that about a lot of teams here. You know, Michigan State has been in that game seven times, and if you talk to Spartan fans right now, uh, you know, they wonder if they're ever going to win again. 
Jack Ebling with us, uh, Spartan and Big Ten Insider, Hale Varsity Radio down here. Rosie's downtown, 10th and P. Jack, we are going to get you back to Lincoln, and uh, we're going to get you down here to, to Rosie's before a football game. Warming up here, and uh, from the noise they're making, you'd think that they just won the Final Four. Uh, I'm going to try to relocate here. No, you're fine. Quickly. You're fine, Jack. The, the ambiance is incredible. A, a loud United Center. That's that's something that we all want to hear. And uh, it's not always the case till Championship Sunday. Jack going to yeah. go to foot. Going to go to football here. And we were just spending time on uh, Nebraska football and uh, where where you think the ball is at if you're staring at a at a football field. What yard line is Matt Rule picking up this possession? Is he at the 50? Is he he at his own 40? Is he inside his own goal line? What do you think he's inheriting with Nebraska football? I think maybe he's around his own 40. I I don't think he's he's over the hump yet, but I like his chances to get there. And when you look at the new coaches in the Big Ten West, and I think those are some pretty good hires. And I think Nebraska's got a chance. They're going to be recruiting. Who knows? They might get the top high school quarterback in the country. And even if that does not happen, then I think that Matt Rule is going to turn it around. I think we saw what he can do at the collegiate level. And uh, people say, well, you know, I didn't always work in the NFL. If you don't have a quarterback in the National Football League, uh, you can just mail it in. So I think he's going to be in a great position. You can dictate your own talent a lot easier in college. I think you'll have a great staff there. We know what the fan base is. Um, the necessary elements to win are all there in Lincoln. Jack, you're a guy who's been witnessing the, the rebuild of Michigan State under Mel Tucker, and you got to see a phenomenal year one, a bit of a, a step back in year two from Mel Tucker, but I want to get your take on just how important it is to find success in year one in terms of a long-term build of a program. Nebraska hasn't been to a bowl game in a long time, and I think that's an expectation from a lot of Husker fans in year one for Matt Rule. Just make a bowl game, get us playing somewhere meaningful uh, following the regular season, and uh, we'll see if he can live up to that. But how important is year one in your eyes in the grand scheme of a rebuild? Yeah, and uh, I hope the fans there give him enough time to do it. Nebraska fans, I think, uh, certainly frustrated. They've been used to incredible success going way back. And uh, they're impatient like every other group. But I think they have to see positive trends. So I would think that, you know, if they're just uh, just a little bit patient and give him a chance to get his system in, get his players in, I really like their chances to do something significant. Jack, where is Michigan State football? What's the, 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 the vibe and mindset? Where are they in the West? Uh, 11 and two is incredible. Last year yeah. wasn't wasn't 11 and two. <laughs> no, no, and uh, they were not an 11 and two team. They finished 11 and two, but they had Kenneth Walker and uh, they won the winnable games. Last year, they did not have Kenneth Walker. And they had every conceivable injury you could have. Uh, They had more injuries in the first three weeks of the season last year than they had the previous season. And you guys know when you don't have depth, suddenly uh, that really matters in the Big Ten. And if you're playing a decent non-conference schedule, you can't go out and play uh, the Washington Huskies 
in Seattle if your best defensive back, your best linebacker, and your best two linemen are out. So I would think that uh, Michigan State probably a little bit better than the 5-7 and seven team. But, guys, uh, this is just the reality of playing in the Big Ten, especially the Big Ten East. Michigan State's going to be the only team in the country next year that will be playing four top ten teams. That's Washington, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Three of the four will be in East Lansing, but nonetheless, uh, you know, let's say you go one and three in those games. That means the best you can do is nine and three. And when you've been 11 and two, people say, well, why can't you do that every year? Jack, we're going to keep you for about three or four minutes on the other side. We're up against a hard break. Can you hang on? Can you do that? Is that all sure. right? I'm putting you on the spot. Sure. Yeah, we're good. Be sure, be sure to find Jack Ebling on Twitter, at Jack Ebling, uh, six-time award winner for the uh, sportscaster and writer of the year in the state of Michigan, not only with those magic fingers, but the, uh, the golden tones, riding and radio. That's right, man. Uh, he is awesome. And he is hanging out in Chicago. We're going to make sure he gets a filet at Gibson's later. Hail Varsity continues. We're down here at Rosie's 10th and P, uh, presented by Currency. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity. We're presented by Currency down here at Rosie's. Boys State Basketball 2023. Rosie's 10th and P. Come see us as uh, we are gearing you up for the uh, semis tonight and championship Saturday tomorrow. The uh, great Hall of Fame writer, broadcaster, Jack Ebling, Big Ten insider, Michigan State insider with us here from Chicago. Jack, I I wanted to, to ask you about your time covering Saban real quick at Michigan State and uh, that experience. I've had friends that have worked for, for Coach Saban down at Alabama. We've seen what he's done in uh, in Tuscaloosa, but he was uh, pretty salty at Michigan State uh, when he came to Lincoln uh, many years ago, and I'm salty as, a, as an accompaniment. He had that team playing well. Do we have Jack? I thought we did. Okay. Apparently not. I'll get him back on the line here. Okay. That would be good. So uh, we will reconnect with uh, Jack Ebling. He is in Chicago. He may have had his phone stripped from him. We have Jack Ebling back. Jack, we got you. Thanks for jumping back on. You got us? No problem. All right. I was asking you, and I asked just my producer and and co-host, Elijah, how about old Saban at Michigan State? Do you have a favorite Saban-Michigan State memory or story? Uh, We've seen him obviously go to LSU, go to the NFL, come back from the NFL and do great things at Alabama. But I remember some of those Michigan State teams. He he, he really had some wow wins when he was with Michigan State. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of my favorites involves Nebraska. His first game uh, with the Spartans in 1995, uh, Cornhuskers put him on it, put it on him pretty good, 50 to 10. 
And uh, it was a Lawrence Phillips game. I don't think he had to take a shower. He got in trouble when he got home. Too much energy left. And then uh, it was the next summer. And I was looking for a story. And I had to be nosing around the football building. And I, Nick walked out. I said, hey, tell me one thing that's going to be different in 96. What's going to be uh, new about this team? So I'll tell you one We're not going to lose by 40 points to Nebraska. We <laughs> lost by 41. <laughs> uh, lost 55 to 14. So he was right, technically, but uh, it was one more point on the wrong side of the ledger. Jack, we ask about Nick Saban because Bruce Feldman recently ranked him a, a top the national list of college football coaches in America. And I don't think you'll find many who will argue with that. I think Kirby Smart is closing the gap, but it's still Nick Saban at one. Coming at number four is a guy that you've seen at least somewhat up close and personal in Jim Harbaugh. I want to get your take on the rise of Michigan football in the last couple of years and also the challenges it presents Mel Tucker and Sparty. Wow. Who did this list? Bruce Feldman. Well, I have a lot of respect for Bruce, but I know he likes Jim Harbaugh. I think Michigan has won in spite of Jim Harbaugh to a significant degree. Uh, you look at Jim Harbaugh's record in bowls, uh, he has won one. Uh, he's been there eight years. If you look at his record against Ohio State, uh, he's won two, less than 30%. If you look at him against his in-state rival, uh, he's four and four, and he's been upset four times. Been favored in all eight of those games, and I can't recall a single game where I can say Jim Harbaugh made the difference. Very fair take with the uh, the numbers backing that. Matt Rule comes in at fifteen on that list of the top twenty-five coaches in college football heading into twenty twenty-three. What do you think, Jack, with Rule coming in at fifteen? Well, I can't uh, judge who's right ahead of him and who's right behind him, but he's certainly one of the best coaches in the country, so certainly deserves to be in that discussion. And uh, Nebraska fans, when he wins a game, they'll think he should be higher than that. He loses <laughs> one, they'll think that uh, doesn't belong on the list at all. So, uh, you know, that happens. It's part of being a fan. But I would think that Chris, I mean, that uh, Matt Rule has a chance to uh, – Chris uh, Rule actually is an optometrist, I know. So. Uh, Matt Rule has a chance to do some uh, terrific things in Lincoln. And uh, when you look at uh, Luke Fickle coming in, uh, you know, there's a big changeover at, at uh, Purdue now. Uh, so that's going to be different. And uh, I'm looking forward to what the West is going to look like. I guess it's still the West, right? Can we call it that for another year? One more for a year. We we get we get a we get a rent the West for a year, and then who knows? Pods probably. Fickle is in at eleven, according to Feldman. Chip Kelly right in front of Matt Rule at, at fourteen. Kleiman at K State thirteen. Kellen DeBoer, who was at Purdue, uh, I should yeah, say at Indiana, was was great. He's in at sixteen. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher's at seventeen. So uh, that that's a that's a pretty impressive ranking. Uh, being out of college for a couple of years. Jack, we'll end it with this, and thanks so much for your time and giving us insight uh, live from the, the Big Ten tournament and yeah. talking some hoops and football. Where does Jack Ebling go when he's in Chicago for dinner? Where Where's your favorite spot to hit? I know you want a steak. Well, I'm on the seafood diet, as you can tell when you look at me. I'm 
eating everything I see. So, yeah, I like so many different kinds of foods, guys, that uh, it's really not fair for me to point out one. Uh, besides others, may become sponsors at some point. But uh, I did find a little hidden gem here uh, the other night called Lizzie McGuire's. And I just want to put in a, a little plug for that one. But, I mean, you know all the biggies here. And uh, yeah. uh, certainly Chicago is blessed when it comes to restaurants. You really can't go wrong. Most famous person you've had dinner with? Most famous person I've had dinner with? Uh, Magic Johnson? I was going to say, I was going to either go. That would count. I was going to either go. I was going to either go Magic or Izzo, and I think if you ask Magic or Izzo, they're going to say Jack Epps. Well, so, uh, no, <laughs> Michigan State lost today, so I can't say Thomas. Okay, I got you. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Jack, you take care and enjoy uh, uh, a return trip to Lizzie's, or or get that uh, that that fillet wherever you end up tonight. All right. My, my favorite dinner is going to be the one I get from Chris Schmidt when next time I show up in Lincoln. I, I have it set up for you. You're getting a big old, we'll say, two-inch thick Nebraska steak. How's that sound? That'll work. That'll work just fine, Chris. Jack, you take care, bud. Thanks so much. Right. Take care, guys. There he is. Jack Ebling with us. Uh, Michigan State and Big Ten Insider. We, we did miss a, a, a big food spot, though, that the uh, the Chicago Bears front office, they went for the Carolina barbecue buffet today as they went out and just absolutely landed a haul for that number one overall pick. That was during our interview with Jack. So the Bears would say that Carolina barbecue buffet is the best place in Chicago. Uh, they are uh, all in with the, uh, the, the, the sauce, apparently. We'll see. Uh, we'll get more on that trade as the NFL draft is in Kansas City this year, uh, and uh, Carolina's smiling. Uh, and Chicago's, uh, who knows if they mo- keep moving back or not. Uh, they know who they want to go get. I think they like the Sikorsky kid out at Northwestern at tackle. Mm-hmm. And they can get him in that 5 to 10 range and uh, make a, a, a big-time haul. We'll wind down this first hour as Hale Varsity is on the road. We are uh, here at Rosie's, 10th and P. Big thanks to Jack Ebling. Bill Dolman's coming up. Also, Brady Oltman's Hale Varsity presented by Currency.